Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest in the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, so did I have Brad Weber on the line? He is an upcoming author in one of our Mission Matters books, I am proud to announce, and he is also president and CEO of Inspiring Apps. Brad, hey, just want to say, first off, welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, Brad. So we, we got a lot to cover today. We'll, we'll be talking about, of course, inspiring apps. We'll talk about how you got started and really your journey in business. And then we'll we'll touch on the on the book a bit. I just, and we'll keep it a little high level because of course, for everybody listening, we will be bringing Brad on the show for a second part of this two-part interview series. And we'll bring him on when the book is actually live as well. So, but we'll start this episode the way that we start them all with our Mission Matters Minute. So Brad, we at Mission Matters, we amplify stories for entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. That's our mission. Brad, what mission matters to you? Our mission at Inspiring Apps is to help our clients overcome business challenges with custom web and mobile apps that we design and develop for them. I had a similar mission during my decade as an independent software developer, but as just one person, I was limited to helping mostly small to mid-sized companies, but in the 15 years since founding Inspiring Apps, I've grown a fabulous team of designers and developers who can tackle much larger challenges than I was able to handle on my own. So now we design and develop new web and mobile products for large enterprises, and our work impacts millions of users. Ah, it's, a, it's a great story and one that I'm, I'm happy to bring to my audience and as well. And I guess just to kind of kick this off, let's let's talk a little bit more about your background. So you mentioned this decade-long journey. Like, like what inspires you to get out there and to be an entrepreneur and start your own company? Well, it started before founding my own company as an independent developer. I worked at a, a big six, as we used to call it, consulting firm back in the with tens of thousands of employees working on giant billing systems for telecommunications companies and things like that. I had I, what I think is an atypical experience there. In my three years, I never saw a project successfully completed. That's a, that's a tough way for somebody like me to be. I, yeah. I wanted to develop and build things that people actually used. So I was working at the time to build my skills and my own network to start working with the smaller companies to be able to develop applications entirely on my own, primarily desktop applications back in the day. So this was almost 25 years ago now for that. And then through many experiences on my own, I, I was getting the itch to, to grow a team and, and tackle bigger projects and, and be able to take on bigger things than I was able to do on my own. So at about the eight year mark, as an independent developer, I started planning for founding and growing inspiring apps. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a great story. And I feel like, I mean, you have a unique vantage point because you've obviously been doing this for a long time, number one. But number two, in your entrepreneurial journey, really, you saw it, I believe, where we're now in like this renaissance where it's just more, it's more feasible, it's more obtainable for many people to do either freelance work to grow their own companies, especially just with the demand there is for whether it's software or other or other services in that in that realm. What would you tell like that that new group of let's just 
say entrepreneurs or individuals that are that, that are maybe feeling a little bit of a dissatisfaction and they want to go out there and start their own thing or their own projects like what kind of things would you tell them obviously now having the the benefit of hindsight and experience under your belt <laughs> it is a lot of work we can start with that it is risky in the beginning for sure and i know that some people take the approach of just leaping off the cliff yeah. and, and hoping they, they sprout wings before they, <laughs> they hit the ground. For me, that, that was not a comfortable approach. It was definitely more tapered into that experience. So as I mentioned, I was working for a big six consulting company. I left when I thought I had enough business to, to get my development, my consulting business going on my own and learned that I didn't have enough clients. So I took on another job. I worked there for a while again, tried to grow up my network, left again, found a second time that I still didn't have quite enough. So I went back for one more job before ultimately I was able to leave and, and stay independently employed or you know working on my own business. And, and it's been that way ever since. So a little tough. I don't get discouraged in the big beginning if, if it's not a blockbuster success right out of the gates. But uh, with some persistence and, and hard work and a lot of patience, I was able to get to something that would sustain me and, and now a large team. If you could, if you could go back, is there anything that you would you would do different? It's a tricky question. There are tons of mistakes that I've made along the way, so it'd be nice to do with a little less pain. Yeah. But at the same time, those lessons were important to get me to where I am today. So I, I think I have to answer no. I, I probably wouldn't make changes because I'm I'm worried that I wouldn't end up in this seat talking to you. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, I'll pick on myself. There's a whole lot of things I would have did differently. I didn't know that I was. I didn't even know I was in the media business when I started. Brad, at least you knew what business you were in. <laughs> That's true. Oh, all right. Well, let's um, let's let's go further into into inspiring apps and really where you're at today. So now you've grown a team, and I and I I know I caught this from the from the beginning, as you mentioned when you were talking about your mission. So you're really working with with multiple segments or niches or sizes of clients, however we want to word that. So you work with with small businesses, you work with that, that middle level, and then you're also working with enterprise. I feel like a lot of dev shops don't really span that width of, of capability, whether it's by choice mm -hmm. or resources, either way. Can you tell me a little bit more about maybe about making that decision to kind of go that route? Yeah, I wish I, wish I could say it was all under our control. Yeah. But certainly in the early days when we were smaller, mm -hmm. it, it takes time. You have to, you got to put the time in. You have to earn the trust of the, the clients that you have. And for us, our business was primarily smaller customers in the early days. And then you can, you can watch if we're going to go back through the history over 15 years. Yeah. There was definitely a progression where we were able to earn the trust of larger and larger customers to the point where eventually we're, we're working with Fortune 100 clients, which could not be expected out of the gate as, you know, a one, two, three person company. Yeah. It's, it's over the course of developing, designing and developing hundreds of solutions for companies that really put us in that position. 
Yeah. And in my in my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it seems like like all these different tranches of clients, whether it's funded startups or small businesses or enterprise, like they all have their unique challenges. So we as we start as you started this interview, you said, you know, one of the things that working for the you know the big six back then that that maybe didn't give you the most satisfaction is you never got to saw your you see your product actually out there and live and launched and right. making the difference of people's lives. So let's kind of let's kind of niche these down a little bit because I know I, I feel they have different they have different you know challenges to getting the products to market so maybe yeah. start with what it's like to work with funded startups sure so I think in this progression as we as we talk about these we inspiring apps really has the pleasure of working side by side with the Davids and the Goliaths in these yeah. industries and and they are very different so as you mentioned funded startups part of the challenge is just getting the funding. So mm-hmm. that often takes much longer and is a, a more more difficult road than people anticipate. But once the funding is secured, mm-hmm. when you are building a business around an app that we create or maybe a suite of things for, for which the app is an important part, you are starting from scratch. It, it may sound obvious, but you have no customers, you have no revenue, yeah. And, and those things are giant hurdles to go from no users to try to build up something that's formidable in the marketplace is hard. And, and getting to a point where you have enough users who can give you feedback and really drive your product development, I think that's a primary challenge for the startups that we work with. Mm-hmm. They got to survive long enough to get to a point where they've got a a healthy, vibrant community of customers who are giving them feedback than mm-hmm. telling them basically what they're willing to pay for in, in the product that we're working on. Is there any any comments on maybe the, the types of niches that you tend to work with or even like founders and just in general, like in that, because I know it's a, it's a different personality type in terms of just the complexion of the business in general versus like enterprise where it's really, you know, established, you know, maybe siloed, maybe not a lot of different types of uh, enterprise level businesses. But talk to me more about like the, the management part of things. So I think like any business that's going to develop around a product, whether that's a digital product or physical product, I think the the recommendations are similar, which is that it's also challenging to go that alone. So we do get people who come to us who are inspired individuals who want to change the world and they have a product idea, but there's so much that goes into making that successful. As I mentioned, you're, you're trying to build up your business and build up your customer base. So there's a sales aspect to that. There's certainly marketing knowledge that needs to be a part of that equation. So we find that the people in that category for us, these funded startups who are most successful are the ones that have at least a small team around them that can distribute that work. It is really difficult to wear all the hats and and get something like that off the ground. Oh my gosh, you're taking me back to the to the early days of of Mission Matters, Brad. When I'm I was doing the interviews, I was editing, I was doing the distribution. Man, that was I was pulling my hair out. Like maybe I, that was the the early days of where we began. So my hat goes out to any founder out there that of a startup that that has that mission or has that goal and wants to go at it and just has that tenacity to you know maybe fall on their face a couple times and just keep on sure. pushing and keep on moving because it's it's 
it's not easy. It's always easier from the outside looking in than actually, in my opinion, walking in those shoes. So my hat always goes off to them. But any any kind of tips for those that are out there when it comes to getting a project from, you know, from beginning to to actually getting to that next level where they're getting user feedback? What kind of tips from your vantage point, Brad? Well, I think, let's see, reserving enough resources so that you you can stay in for the, the long haul, you can yeah. you can run the marathon and not the, the sprint is important. So we work a lot with these startups to help them. <laughs> you want to think big in terms of your business and your longer term vision. You want to think small in terms of the first thing that you develop and try to release to the public. And so some people will come in with with a decent budget and a grand vision for what they want to do. But you know, if you've got a quarter million dollars that you're gonna spend on your new product, you should not be spending a quarter million dollars on the app design and development. You, know, you should be spending maybe $100,000 on your app design and development and reserve 150 on marketing and promoting and building this community, building out your team and some of the other services that are required to make your product a success. Yeah. Well said. I want I want to talk about the small business community a little bit here because I also know that's a big part of what you do and so we could be talking about, you know, businesses that have been, you know, multi-generational businesses. We can be talk about the the digitization of coming online and kind of bringing your business into the or or a small business into, you know, and and let's say new capabilities of what's available and what's possible by by digitizing the business. Talk a little bit more about just kind of the work you're doing in that space? Sure. So what we often see for this group of customers is that, as you said, they are more of an established business. Now they have customers, they have budget, they've got process, they're growing, they've got a decent sized team. What they're interested in for technology to help them is to gain efficiencies in their business. So with them, we're doing things like providing tools for field data collection for their team so that you know they're getting the, the people who are making the decisions back at, at corporate headquarters have the latest information from the field, whether that's collected by humans on tablets or if it's sensors, there's, there's a whole variety of ways to do that, but we're, we're focusing in areas like that. So improving the organization through things like tools that help them with their leadership development, team collaboration, communication, things like that. So the, the mid-sized customers tend to be a little more internally focused where they're trying to work on systems and tools that will improve the operation of their business. Yeah. What kind of what kind of challenges do you find that many small businesses have when it comes to coming online or that digitization process? Oh, can you say more about that? So for what, so what kind of challenges do you find that many small businesses have when it comes to coming online and that, and that real digitization process to going through that hurdle? Like to, to adopt the, those tools internally, for instance? Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's one of them is, is adoption. It's important mm-hmm. in the small businesses. We talked about getting feedback from your customers. The customers are outside your organization, you know, spending money, hopefully, on whatever it is that you're providing to them. For this middle group, as I said, oftentimes they're focused inwardly, 
but it's mm. just important, just as important to treat your internal users, the people on your teams within your company as your customer as well, and put the same level of effort into understanding them, understanding their needs, gathering their feedback, listening to them, iterating on the, the products and tools that you're creating for them and making sure that you're getting them the updates that they're asking for. So I know that going through that process of, and, and I know, you know, broadly speaking, there's a lot of different applications and ways that people may, may use, you know, this, a new app or something, whether it's like you said, collecting data from the field or just depends on the type of business. Right. But the main thing that I've, I've seen is that it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. Like I've been in offices where, you know, especially just the digitization process in general, where all of a sudden you have all these files and, you know, years and years, maybe decades of files that need to be brought online so that people can actually access the information. So there's a lot of hurdles in different types of businesses, of course. But I guess from your vantage point, like what are some of those possible like, you know, light at the end of the road or pot of gold at the end of the rainbow or like the the benefits of going through sometimes what can be a tedious process because there's usually some gold at the end of that, right? Yeah, and it has to be a win for the people who are using the tools as well as the people who are analyzing the data that we're collecting, for instance. Yeah. And as I going to say, for the, for the data collection that you're talking about, we're often no longer really digitizing somebody. We're not taking so many people from a paper process to a digital solution for the first time. But there is a light bulb that goes off when people realize that they don't have to use shared spreadsheets and other kind of cumbersome processes in getting the data from the the point of collection to the point of reporting. Mm -hmm. So what we bring to the table that is kind of a breath of fresh air for their teams is something that's entirely tailored for their process. So there's no extra stuff that they don't need. And there's all the stuff that they do need just to focus on their their particular job or their particular task that they're trying to accomplish. So okay. an example of that is a clothing retailer that we worked with who wanted to have more insight into their presence on the retail floors mm-hmm. at, at retailers around the country. And so a tailored tablet solution for their team to be able to check boxes, enter freeform text responses and take pictures of displays and have that automatically uploaded to to servers for analysis and review by their marketing team and their corporate headquarters was far easier than the process that they came to us with, which was very much spreadsheet-based. You know, upload your spreadsheet to a server, take your photos, email those to a different address, you know, then somebody has to take the attachments and make sense of those. So the, the fact that that solution is really tailored for their needs is what I think all of the users within the organization really appreciate. Yeah, it, it just in the way I see it is that it just those efficiencies those add to those add to the profitability like That's over true. time. Some for them immediately, but you know, labor cost efficiencies and tracking the data, all of that. I mean, that those are all big wins. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Let's spend some time on the on the enterprise side of things and really what you're doing there. So, what does it look like to work with these large enterprise clients? Yeah, so this has become really a majority of our business now, and it's it's really fun to work with the enterprise clients, as I mentioned, spanning the Davids and the Goliaths. These are the Goliaths, and mm-hmm. the thing that's unique about them is that 
on, on one hand, they can be a little slower to move and, and be able to operate. They have legacy systems that they're dealing with that a startup who's starting from scratch does not have to carry with them. They have an IT team that usually has a pretty big backlog of work that they need to do for the organization, and they may lack experience with the latest technology. The organization itself wants to stay relevant. They want to fight off these newcomers who are trying to break into the space. But the advantage they have, the tremendous advantage, I think, is that they have those customers. You know, in some cases, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of customers. They have budget and they have patience. And all of those things work in, in their favor at that end of the scale to be able to bring something to market where they've taken into account feedback from those customers. And they have the, the patience and the budget to be able to iterate on solutions that we create. So what I mean by that is we're going to produce something as a first version of their product and customers are going to react, You're hopefully mostly positive, but they'll have constructive criticism as well. And it's important to have the time and the budget to be able to refine the product and address those concerns that people are raising so that at, at some point you've now given them exactly what they need in the market, mm -hmm. what they're asking for. So yeah. that's, it's a different kind of fun at that end of the scale. Yeah, I can see that. So versus the, maybe the funded startup where they're, you know, just starting to get that client base or maybe the small business that has a different kind of objective overall, possibly. And then the enterprise level, they have, the, they have the data, they have the clients and they have the customers and quantity. And now to me, it, it sounds to me like you have the, you have the opportunity to maybe move the needle a little bit more because there's more there to work with as well. That's right. Yeah. It's awesome. So I want to let's uh, we're not going to spend too much time on the book today, but we, we do need to we do need to touch on it for a second sure. or two, because as I mentioned before, we'll be bringing you back on the show when we have the book out and live, but high level. I know we're still in editing and not holding you to this, but what are some <laughs> of the things that you that you plan to propose in the upcoming book launch? Well, as we talked about, I've I've had a, a great business education, two business degrees at at heart, I'm a developer, a software developer, but that formal business education has been really helpful for me. But no matter how much classroom education we get, I think you can probably back me up on this, Adam, that we can count on learning a lot more lessons when we try to put that learning into practice in our own business. So I plan to share my lessons. Some of them are entertaining. Some of them are painful so that readers can learn from my mistakes. Yeah. And, and my, and I, I love that you're willing to do that because then it won't be just me picking on myself about my, my <laughs> mistakes. Like, mo like most of this show in our, in our books are about, at least for what I write in them is really the hope is, is that we if we can share, you know, genuine stories and let people know how, what it's really like that obviously want to inspire others to maybe pursue their own dreams, but also to mm -hmm. educate them on maybe some of the, the bumps along the way. So that if you're either going through them, Hey, you're not alone. And, and if you, you've been through them, you, we can relate. <laughs> For so, sure. they're, they're going to happen. But the I guess the tale to tell is that you you will get through them. And, and they do make for entertaining stories at the other side. 
Wonderful. Well, Brad, it has been great having you on the show today and getting to know more about Inspiring Apps, of course, and about your journey along the way. If somebody's watching this or listening to this and they want to follow up and inquire about Inspiring Apps or to, to connect with your content, I mean, what's the best way for them to do that? Our website's probably the number one source. So you can find us at inspiringapps.com and you can find us as Inspiring Apps on LinkedIn and other social platforms as well. Fantastic. And we'll, we'll put all of that, that those links and things like that in the show notes so that our audience can just click on the links and head right on over. And speaking of the audience, if this is your first time with Mission Matters or connecting with an episode, we're all about bringing on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and having them share their mission, the reason behind their mission, really what gets them motivated and fired up out there to go into the marketplace and make a difference. If that's the type of content that sounds interesting or fun or exciting, to you, we encourage you hit that subscribe button because we have many more mission-based individuals coming up on the line and we don't want you to miss a thing. And uh, Brad, until the next time, it's been awesome having you on the show. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much.